Yes, people, it is Wednesday, which means it's echoes from the void. And people, we're doing something a little bit different today, right? We got the um, news, you know, last week. Earl Simmons has gone to the kennel in the sky. That's right, people. DMX, unfortunately, he went out kind of how he was living his life, right? And people, when if you were around when those albums dropped, right, it was definitely something. So, hey, I um, I was talking to my boy. Right, and he was kind enough to jump on, and we just chewed the shit. We talked, yo, the albums, the life, just everything, everything DMX, and what it meant to us around that time, people. It's a real interesting conversation. There's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Mad props to my boy Dan for doing this People Yeah, let's go Let's, um, you know what I mean? Let's do a little DMX deep dive Okay, so X X is in the kennel in the sky So, um, yeah, it's a funny one, right? Because I there's sometimes Well, I mean, just think The amount of people that died have died over the last few years and it's crazy but I know when I saw that X died I think it was a weird one because you there was so many conflicting messages going out there you know one minute it's like oh he overdosed then it's just like it's not an overdose people can't keep on saying that it's health issues and then we hear it and no, it was an overdose and it's like, he's dead. No, he's not dead. But I feel when I heard, oh, he's dead. No, he's not dead. I was like, ah, shit. I think he might die. Because that always seems to happen. That you get that double yeah. or false and then the confirmation. And it's just like, ah, oh, man. For sure. Like, and, and hearing his manager came out and was like, he's on life support. He's not on life support. Yeah. Like, and even even my wife's like, hey, I think DMX is in trouble. I'm like, no, he's good. His manager messed up the first time. And then yeah. two days later, he's gone. And oh, okay. Um he's it, it, not that old. <laughs> no. I mean, like, that's the that's the thing, right? He's only 50. Is he 50? 50. Yeah. He's 50. Which is um, just like fuck. Is he still yeah. years older? Eight years older than me, man. Yeah, not even that much. He's only six for me. So, <laughs> and we, you know, we were. I had that happen, and so Philip died that 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 day too, right? So we were on a call for my my office, and I was like, "This is it's a very sad day. I'm sorry to bring us here after all this. I'm sure some of you know about one, and some of you know about the other, and probably there's no combination of the two in this office. <laughs> like, there's no concentric circle here of who cared about Prince Philip dying and who cared about X dying. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, people thought Philip was dead a long last time. <laughs> you know what I mean? He looked like he should have been on Kirkman's show. This, this, like, you know I mean? 
and and that was the whole thing though like when I was like oh I think the royal family is racist I'd be mean, like no it's not I'm like have you seen Prince Philip <laughs> <laughs> I was listening oh, yeah I was listening to um... on his chest like it's you know what I mean <laughs> I want to give credit where it's due. I think I was listening to Bomani Jones's podcast, and he's like, you know, we were talking about it, and he's like, and I might be wrong in the credit, but you know, where you know, who's more racist, the Americans or British? And British, that's Americans wanted to leave them. Like, <laughs> you know, it was just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the fuck are we doing? Why, why are you throwing shade, man? <laughs> I, going, I said it wasn't my joke. I was oh. just, I was just making a reference. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's a, it's a weird thing because you know, trying to claim, right? When, when someone comes out and goes, I can wholeheartedly say, this isn't right. I mean, like, you can't. Like, no one could ever say that. It's a ridiculous thing to do. <laughs> and especially the royal family. Yeah. The inbred, like, <laughs> it's so inbred. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Now, do sure. I believe all the stuff? Well, all the stuff that was coming out with the Oprah interview and all of that, I'm just like, it's kind of bullshit. Because... Firstly, right, you know what your family is. You know what I mean? Like you're with you, you've True. been with your family for all them years. So it's when people are comfortable, it's when things happen. You know what I mean? Something would happen on TV and you, you know, the queen be like, mm -hmm, look at them with their trousers around their ankles. <laughs> Yeah, bunch of, and you'd be like, oh, mom, no. Or, or you know what I mean? She ain't bopping to DMX, right? No. So he <laughs> knows all of this. He knows it. So bringing his chick amongst that shit, right? If you know your family's a certain way, you'd be like, all right, we've got to see the fam, but understand they're this way. So the moment something is said, we are out. Right. Yeah, but it, it's just like to try and act like, oh, you know what I mean? It's just like, it, there was no chance that that was going to be a good situation at any point. And yeah, I'm with you. Like, you have you 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 know who you are. You know who your family is. Like, I know I have family. I wouldn't want people around. <laughs> like, yeah. and if you have to make that appearance, you find a, you find your like you said, you find your exit quick. Um, mm -hmm. you, you make the appearance, you get out, and. But yeah, to, to pretend that it wasn't going to be anything but, or to, you know, I don't know. I don't know them or their situation. I don't, frankly, I'm one of the Americans that doesn't care about the royal family. <laughs> like, that, like, it doesn't phase me at all. Like, I'm like, wait, which one? Like, when Leanna told me which, you know, Prince Phil died, which one was that? <laughs> okay, that's the queen's husband. I'm with you now. Like, I don't have the whole, like, at family tree, like, in my head. Um, but, you know, so... But you gotta know, you gotta know what you're doing. You gotta know who those people are. And then, yeah, when when they got married, everybody knew it was gonna be a problem. Oh. It just took them the extra what two years to figure out. Yeah. Oh, we gotta we gotta roll. <laughs> I mean, I think they knew any. They knew, right? And the, the whole kind of pretense that oh, we didn't know. Oh, we gotta leave the country. It's just like, eh, come on, man. Like, <laughs> it, it, it's a bullshit thing. Like they know. And then this whole, oh, can someone give us a house because we're poor? You're not poor. 
they, they've got money. So the whole pride of pretend that, oh, we can't even pay for our security. Be like, shut the fuck up, man. You just got a check last year from Netflix, motherfuckers. Sure. What are you talking? And Spotify, right? <laughs> so, and in a time when everyone's getting made redundant, motherfucker gets given two jobs. Two jobs he's not even qualified for. I'm just like, what's happening? <laughs> it's some crazy ass shit. Yeah, 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 for sure. So (laughs) I went off on that tangent. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, he died at the same time as X. So you heard those beats and the. (laughs) I mean, for sure. And I think you got to go back even a little bit before the album dropped. Like you come out at the end of the. So that was the, the album came out May '98. Like, I remember because I got it right after I graduated college. I got it in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, Tower Records. Might have been the last Tower Records in the world, but it was definitely the last one I walked into. (laughs) But in late 97, you had X on the 4321 LL joint. You had him on 24 Hours to Live with Ace, which was amazing oh, yeah. especially considering how much i didn't like mace I know. <laughs> that was still I know. such a that, good that song was like the one hot, real hot mace track you're just like right. wait is that no <laughs> <laughs> and then you had money power respect yeah off of locks and so you, you also had it was a weird time for hip-hop and rap right like late 80s very early 90s amazing tons mm. and tons of stuff I think the mid nineties and especially I was looking at Def Jam's stuff that came out like Def Jam as a label was struggling in the mid because that was on the above what was that the above the rim soundtrack that that was part of, I think. And so like that say, I think the stories always are and you know, their stories, but that, that, that album, because it went multi-platinum saved Def Jam as it was definitely kinks in LL's armor, but you really saw them in phenomenon. Yes, right. Like really, that, those like, oh shit! This is this, you know. And then yeah. you had like Montel Jordan was a big solo wise. No, he was never pushing tons of numbers. Like I love his albums. Like I had, like I love all of his albums. They're oh, like, like he gets weird and grimy and just, yeah, ooh. you know. But you had a lot of like sing songy, you know, music. A lot of like R and B bleeding into the the rap so when you're coming in at the end of 97 and you're hearing with the locks and even on ll's when you have you know cannabis and like just these gruff grimy growling voices across the board you know um with jada kiss like all of them like you're like this is something we were missing like everything got too laid back too easy too melodic <laughs> yeah. yeah so it, yeah it became a bit too um like you know that that fusion between r&b and rap that is always there the balance shifted a bit too much right right it, it shifted a bit too much and across the board where in the past there'd be a few artists that went that way but not everyone. But then it was a kind of a point where there was way too many over one way. And so the balance was off and the people that were still killing it were like 
underground royalty. Right. You know what I mean? Like, because you had, like, digging in the crates. You had OC. You, you know what I mean? The beat nuts and cats like that. But they weren't ever huge, huge. Right. For you sure. They're, they're not going to get billboard number one or anything like that. So, you know, you, you can't have a label full of that level artists and stay solvent. And you right. can't have a level like Def Jam and stay solvent. No, it, I mean... It's not going to happen. You know, and especially because you still had, like, I remember buying in 95, Def Jam put out their um, 10th anniversary box set was four discs mm. and it was like i mean mostly it was you know red man public enemy um you know ll like it was all epmd it was all yeah. what you expect and then it had kind of this and then you kind of get to the end and you're like oh here's where they're starting to fall off mm. and you got like domino <laughs> and i and love like, physical funk you know what I mean? yeah. but it's just like that was it yeah and there wasn't and, really anything else no, and it was like they were just kind of throwing some stuff out, and it was getting very R and B again. Like you could, you felt that coming, and it was losing the edge that you know people that loved, you know, just whether it was even you know, especially folks I think that loved New York style, the the, the very East Coast. Although I'd say the musically, like especially um, the first album, I think musically it's 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 more diverse than East Coast. Like it doesn't come off east coast i think it comes off just more kind of like in your face it doesn't yeah. matter where you're from but i think his storytelling like for sure his storytelling was more along those lines to me of like the east coast storytelling and i think that was missing because it, you i mean it, it, you know it's cliche and silly now in the east coast west coast but there was such a difference in the oh music and yeah. the and then you throw in the south like i love outcasts like so for mm. me i spent a lot of years without you know those kind of intermediate years there with outcasts goody mob oh yeah um, the dungeon cool breeze like the whole dungeon yeah like, it, right. yeah but so like i was it, hanging there during those years because it was yeah. nothing going out you know and that difference was so it was so you know, it's stuck, right? You could, when now you can listen and there's a blending sometimes. Back then it was, nah, that, as soon as you heard the beat, you knew where that shit was coming from. Definitely. You know, there's no mistaking. You'd be like, is that, oh, is that New York or is that New Orleans? You were just like, no, that's straight up. <laughs> <laughs> you knew what that sure. was. yeah and like and and you also had to consider like you were in you know the the consumption was different you were buying albums you were buying cds you weren't mm. able to pick off a song like we even I mean, we weren't even to the napster years right so yeah. you couldn't even pick off a song or two you were and you weren't making i mean if you were making a mix you were sitting down and making a mixtape yeah. like <laughs> so like you were you had to figure out oh i'm gonna buy this whole album and it mattered like that you're buying that whole album oh, um yeah and so it you was money you yeah were dropping money so it was when you picked up a dud it was just like god damn it yeah that was a case or two of beer or that was a better album or that was <laughs> it was like you yeah you definitely were like oh man i could have done this instead mm. because they had the two songs on the radio and the rest of this is just shit yeah. <laughs> oh man and that was always just ugh. when that yeah. happened oh man it was never good 
it was a brutal thing. So right. yeah, so so for me, I like I said, I remember I was, it was literally the weekend after graduation. Well, I guess this was when it was Tuesday that these came out. So I think I picked it up the weekend after it dropped, and also got to consider with this one and i actually pulled this out it had the uh the def jams survival of the illest on the it was a two cd set which had which had ll's ripper strikes back against cannabis because of four three two one yeah 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 yeah, yeah, so like there was that plus and it had def squad the first uh the full cooperation single was on here and so like it was like to get that and the whole dmx that whole first album and you like Ooh. You actually had LL like blazing on somebody. Oh yeah, and they, he destroyed them. Oh um, yeah, the cannabis just—he <laughs> didn't come back. No, <laughs> he didn't come back. It, it was for cannabis. It was that. And do you remember the time he he went and did a freestyle, but he had it written down. <laughs> yeah, and I remember when that hit. And everyone saw that. It was just like, ah, fuck you. Like, because he was meant to be this battle rapper. He sold himself on being this battle rider. And, and, and then you're just like, wait, you're reading your rhymes? <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, and I mean, and he, and it was weird because, like, the cannabis is, was a second round knockout, like, mm. which sounded good the first couple times you heard it. And then the more you listen to it, you're like, mm. and then you had tight Mike Tyson's on there, except what he's saying makes less sense than what cannabis is saying. <laughs> and it just gave Elf like just pure fodder to just destroy both of them. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, okay. So, so you add that in this whole idea of what Def Jam was like reinvigorating themselves with this, like, yeah, the, with, with what they were pushing out there, pushing, pushing um, Onyx's second album, which the first album so good. That everything after was diminishing but (laughs) (laughs) um but like they were pushing these this new newer stuff newer artists and uh, and going kind of what felt like going back yeah it was more kind of visceral right yes rawness it was it was getting that back it was motherfuckers standing on the street screaming in the face of the bullshit Right. Right. It was just like, no, we've had it. It's our time. And that's what those like new albums kind of felt like. It was just like, oh shit. Yeah. And like I was I'd forgotten that the the get at me dog video is just that black and white grimy performance. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, like it's not, you know. I mean, and I know polos and all that came later, but even then it was like this clean, again, to be melodic and to do the R&B vibe instead for so many people at Mm. that point. Um, Or at least it was, you know, kind of pushing that direction. And so, you know, you had that just that grimy video of just him and that small, you know, playing and and performing live then you know stop being greedy came out as a single and it's like oh shit (laughs) so like it was such a perfect build-up and then i was looking some stuff up and i was like i was actually looking up his um like how his album ended up charting from like the the platinum record status but one of the things they had on there was this graph of the just straight money straight money of the record industry 
99, 2000, like peak year. So he hit at this perfect spot too, where people were throwing their money at CDs. So like, it was all this perfect storm for him um, coming in, being the face of now of Def Jam. Um, I mean, you, you played Def Jam Vendetta, right? <laughs> did you ever did you ever play Def Jam Vendetta? I, I, I remember it. <laughs> I think I wasted a good a good couple of weeks on that, just you know, <laughs> going through. And I think usually you were you're usually gonna be X. Like <laughs> like it was just he's the badass right here, like of all these. Um, maybe David Banner just because he was the bigger dude in the, in the game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like you definitely so like he comes out, he's number one. Like with, and I looked it up, it was 251K sold, which wasn't even that great for the day, but it was good enough. And it went on to do 4X platinum, right? So it sold 4 million copies in the first couple of years it was out. Which is but crazy. That's what you should have though for an album. I swear, I think there's one skip on the whole album. And that, for me, that's for my dogs. Like that's just too low key. It brings in the, the 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 guests, and it's like, okay, I just want this to continue to be him. Break sure Rough Riders is fine, but just mostly give me him. The rest of it, but that's like track like let's see, hold on. that is track fifteen. Yeah, there's no skips before that. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I think that was the the real big thing, right? Because the, there's a lot of stuff you know, that you listen to and you're just like, eh, not that track, man, eh, not that one, and eh, not that one. But with, with this, it just, everything was killing it. Everything, you're just listening to those tracks and it's just like, uh, one, two, X is coming for you. And you're just like, oh, shit. Yeah, I, oh, and the, the whole, yeah, yeah, and then that leading right into Damien. And yeah. then just, I mean, and him being able to take the Damien thing, which really went in the flesh of my flesh, full blown. But like oh, that whole idea of like, okay, so you start off with Rough Riders Anthem, fucking with D, look through my eyes, which is probably my favorite like album, or not, uh, probably my favorite cut from the album, right? Is look through my eyes. Cause that's where you get, you know, feel the pain and the joy of a man who was never a boy. Like, yeah, yeah, that just wrapped up this whole shit, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's crazily introspective. Yeah. Which you don't, you hear that, and you think it's just going to be like, bah, 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 bah. but then you go, oh no, he's got, he's got footwork. He's chapping you. You're busy. It's this different kind of load. It's this different kind of lyrical attack that he's coming with. And it's just like, oh, shit. It, it, it's just not one note. And that was the crazy thing about X at the start. That there was this complexity that you just didn't realize. You didn't see straight away and suddenly, boom, it's on you. Well, I think that goes back to you throwing out Get At Me Dog and Rough Riders Anthem, right? As, a, as yeah. two of the first three singles. And those are those... <sighs> They're not, I don't even want to call them party tracks because they're not, but like those are the more digestible ones. They're not telling that much of a story. But then you get in the Let Me Fly, X is coming, Damien for sure, mm. you know, the crime story. Um, and 
you have looked through my eyes like that's him yeah he that's what he said he's introspective he's telling this story and he kind of kind of flows in and out of it being like vaguely just a general story and then he gets real personal yes like and he does that kind of without you don't really realize he's doing it like he just mm. goes in and out of like telling this general story about you know growing up and you know okay that could apply to anyone and then you get real serious and real specific to some shit he's gone through um i mean it's all coming from him but like there's just those moments when you're just like holy shit and i think that's where i was able to like live with this for a while you know you know the whole seven months it took for the second album to come out but <laughs> right which is like yeah like and and it's insane to like to kind of lead in the like, go in the flesh um of my flesh like so this comes out i think you know i was looking like so like most of the you know he had really had two producers on this album so they mm -hmm. had a really good um i mean there was a couple others but mostly it was two producers putting this whole thing together so it had a really cohesive sound right so then flash in my flesh i didn't like it, it, i remember when i first listened to that so that come so it's dark comes out in may flash in my flesh comes out in december seven months apart mm. both number ones right so i said it's dark had 250k sold in the first week flesh of my flesh had 670,000 sold in the first week seven months later yes, because you knew then you everyone knew. knew everyone knew who yeah. he was now like it wasn't just like you know those that love hip-hop those that were like looking for that gritty grimy this was now he was yeah. a thing he was he was a story though at least for the u.s definitely the u.s knew like i don't know how you know how much it crossed over in those first few months but then you get that flesh of my flesh album and you start listening to it and you're like this is different well, coming from like right. what and you the don't part expect coming from on this album you think it's gonna get ramped up you know I mean, there's gonna be another Rough Riders anthem. There's gonna be a, you know what I mean? But yep. coming from, <laughs> like, and it's just, it's not whack. No, that's the thing. He he drops it down a level, and just kills it. And you're like, Phew. you you can't. You know what I mean? It's, it's judging a book by its cover. You can't do that. Because he switched it up now. Yeah, and it's whole, crazy. The whole thing is just this whole lower key, way darker, which boggles my mind because it's mostly produced by Swiss Beats. Yeah. And again, though, at least you had, but you had a singular vision throughout most of this album, right? So the first one, you know, so the first two albums, definitely. But this one is so, I remember saying I was, uh, we were, uh, after I listened to it the first couple of days, did a maybe it was like a Monday night football happy hour at work and I was talking to one of my friends about it. And he's like, Well, how is it? I'm like, I'm 22. It's probably not the right phrase, but I'm like, it's damn near concept album level compared to what <laughs> it's dark. It's like it's just it's just this dark, introspective. It's weird to say mellow. Yeah. Because like you definitely get to the songs, you're like, well, it's not mellow, but it's just not. Like you said, it's no Rough Riders anthem. It's not Kid At Me Dog. It's not a bunch of beats per minute. Like mm. the music's there, but it's just not this fast-paced rah rah. You know? Yeah. You know. Yeah. It, it's 
do you watch do do you follow MMA? A little bit. Like it was like a Nick Diaz attack. You know I mean, it, it, it's not the Ungano knockout punch. It's that pop, pop, pop. right. You know that constant pitter patter in your face, just unrelenting. Right? It, it's that wave coming at you of just this grief and remorse and just pain, but told in this in this way that you can understand, you can emphasize with, right? And, and you can see the, the hope of redemption there, right? Because that's the whole thing in that early X, you're, you're seeing it's just like, yo, this is where I'm from. This is the shit I've done. And I'm trying to change. I want to be better. Right. And you hit that with, you know, like you said, from, with coming from, and then you have the Omen, Damien too, and you actually yeah. have Marilyn Manson on the track with him. Yeah. like, And you're just like, what the fuck is happening? And then <laughs> that goes immediately into slipping. I oh. Which, I mean, one, re-listen to it. I totally forgot that the album version of Slipping is actually censored. Because I think, you know, to go into that corporate, they knew yeah. which one was going to get some play, right? <laughs> and they wanted to be able to, like, not have people find radio edits for everything. Like, I feel like that's where, like, Slipping censored on the album. Nothing else is, but that whole song. But that song's still really... Like you want to be like able to shit on it for being just like this weird sappy thing, but between the production and his tone and mm. sadness through the whole thing. And because like you think about it, right? This was all fucked up, right? So it's like the slip, I fall, I can't get up, I slip, I fall. And and I think if it was a Justin Timberlake singing, I've slipped and I've fallen and I can't get up. Oh, I got to get up. <laughs> but it's Timberlake, man. It's that gruffness. And you're just like, yo, shit, I've slipped two X. You know what I mean? I'm struggling to get up. I feel you, man. And, yeah, like, and so it just, you connect with it. It's like, damn. Yeah, like, I think that's, I think for, I think that's where he takes it. And it begins that just, I mean, obviously with the sales in that first week, the popularity push was already there, but you Ooh. throw slipping in there, you throw his personality when he was able to be personable and do interviews. And like, he, there's a, he's magnetic to like, yeah, he was magnetic to watch and listen to. And like, just, and honestly, it's weird. I, I say this carefully um, because, you know, he came after, you know, he also part of the thing we didn't touch on, but he came right after, not right after, but he came after Biggie and Pac got killed. Right. Yeah. So like, there was also that lull, but he's, it's the same to me, there was a similarity in the way, like, and they weren't talking about the same stuff at all, but in the similar way that you could sit down and you can watch a Pac interview. Yes. And you're just like, Holy shit. Like, yeah. dude, they, you, they, they you've got some them. shit to say. Yeah. Right. Like and it's heavy, and you 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 have to sit there and think through everything that's coming at, and you might not agree with every aspect of it, but you're gonna sit and argue and think why you would argue with it. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. At the beginning, he he was definitely that 
persona. He was definitely that charismatic, you know what I mean? That that kind of street poet type. Right. That yes. Tupac type. Because didn't Romeo um must die come out around about the same that kind of time before the third album? Before the third, yeah. And he had done belly before in between, or yeah. I guess it might have come out in between. Um I mean I'm not saying, but at least you know, yes. You yeah. put him on. No, I mean, I haven't watched Belly in 25 years for a reason. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, even that, and then he, you know, he did two tracks on there. Um, one of which is good, one is not. So it's kind of like Belly. Parts of it are good, <laughs> parts of it are not. Um, but like, to like do, you know, be that actor. And again, you know, that's also maybe a little cliche, especially now. But and you know, and you know, and again, coming off of Pac's heels, where Pac was doing that for a while, Ice Cube started doing it. You know more and more at this time and it kind of, that's kind of where it became a little jokey because like okay you're the dad but you're also the one that said fuck the police and you still say fuck the police so it's very confusing yeah right <laughs> <laughs> i can see you being both but it's weird but like x is at least yeah he's doing he's doing stuff that at least seems more in line right mm. but he's also stretching like yes by doing these acting roles and he's just he was he was fucking charismatic as hell when he was on yes and for those years he was on for sure it seemed like the journey the path was there it was cemented he was on it the redemption story man yeah absolutely it, it was there you were just like yo that's it right there and then and then there is x and you're like okay this is still good yeah and then and and so yeah that was another so that was the next december 99 right and so like this i was like holy shit we had to wait a year Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but i was like yo that one came out it was even stronger first week sales and actually that's his best-selling album and that's probably the problem (laughs) because i remember you know went out this was i was in my first job and like we would run out i would run out at least on tuesdays when albums were released and i would Mm. go to the record store and the album store and um go through and pick out stuff and i was listening to it but stuff it became especially party up in here um I guess here we go again. Like they were starting to get random airplay on like pop channels. Oh yeah. Right. So. Oh no, 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 no. Go. So, so, so I just, it's my favorite story. I told a couple of people the other, the other day when he passed, like my favorite thing is when, or my funny story is when like one of the coworkers at work went out and bought the album (laughs) and then like came back the next day and was like, that doesn't sound anything like what's on the radio. Wait, that word wasn't on the radio. <laughs> what, they, you, what, what was your version of what these bitches want? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> when, you've got, like, when you've got him doing like Lenny Kravitz video uh -huh. for What's My Name, and it's a, a crazy video and it's fun to watch, but it just feels like a damn party. Now we are doing party music, right? Yeah. Like, um, and party up, a party up in here. Like, it's legit party music that was. This is to me. This is where the, like this is where corporate saw what they could. You know, corporate greed kicks in and says we can we can make even more money. Yeah. Regardless of content. Again, I like the album. Like it's not the first two. No. Not. But there, there is, it's. There, you can see the start of a few slips, but it is still consistent. It is the last consistent album which is surprising because there are six producers on this for what is basically like 16 tracks yeah. of music maybe not even that many 15 so like it's yeah it's already starting like you said the consistency you can start feeling it kind of slipping um not to make a bad pun <laughs> um but like you can feel it starting, it's starting to erode. They're starting to do what a lot of a lot of albums are doing, which is putting just a, let's let's grab each individual track and we're thinking more about singles than we're thinking about the album, because those first yeah. two are albums. Like yeah. I said, you're not you're not skipping on it's dark and hell is hot. If you do skip on flesh of my flesh, I'm not exactly sure where, but like you also, it's a, that's a grind. Like, yeah. like you're worn out by that end, right? <laughs> like, you're like, shit, this is not a good, like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, it's an album that you don't put on, be like, I've got a few minutes before Fingy gets it. Let me throw something. No, that's an album you put on when you've got that time just to sit and reflect on shit. Yeah, because when you're when you're coming out of flesh of my flesh with ready to meet them. <laughs> <laughs> like you're not coming out feeling all good. And I mean, but even then they, they try to bring that in one more road to cross, like and so like that's the first real song off of off of and then there was X, mm. but then you, know, you kind of get into the okay, the professional fame. Like you, I'm even looking at these, it's like oh, okay, we're 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 doing some of the classics already, right? Yeah. <laughs> we're revisiting, and again, I think lyrically, is some of the stuff still really there? Yeah, but um, but yeah, as you said, I feel with that album, it was like, yo, oh, remember on. The first album you had that track and it was like bum 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 and it did that can we get another one of those right you know that's what it it, it started to feel like and listen there's gonna be people that'll be like no that's not how it works that's not blah, blah, blah. but you, you listen to it and there is a change there is a clear change and as you said this one is definitely feels like it is more for the clubs it's yes. more for, you know, uh, like, we want a big single, right? It, it's just like, oh, what, what can we have popping and blaring? They wanted five big singles. <laughs> like, it wasn't even. Yeah. Um, and and, and it's, it's just like, you, you go to, um, you know, you watch a football game, right? You watch a football game, you watch MMA, watch any sporting event, and a lot of these tracks are used in those minutes between plays and stuff right, right. You, you hear that and it's just like oh shit well i mean even so i think 
yeah i mean i think it's just this is this is that album where just that popularity went so far through the roof it became i think for the fans you know of especially it's dark Mm. like okay like yeah it's fine but it's definitely not it's one it's not exactly where i was uh, i saw everything going especially after flesh my flesh but who are these people that are buying it? <laughs> mm. like why is it coming out of those you know like those aren't this is now main it's became mainstream yeah uh, you know and it's weird to say that when you have like you know several million copies already sold you know <laughs> like but this is the album where it just became a little bit too mainstream and it's like oh shit like people aren't they're just jumping on this now. And yeah, they're finding, they're taking it and they're changing meanings, right? They're going to play it at events, at sporting events, because, you know, they're just, they're not listening to what he's actually saying. They're just hearing the hook and like, <laughs> sweet, that's an awesome hook. Let's go with it. Um, so yeah, this is, the, you know, it was definitely like, okay, let's see where, for me, this was the album for sure. It was like, let's see where this goes. Yeah. Like, it's, this is where make or break. And I don't want to spend too much time on the next few. <laughs> I'd rather go back and talk more about the other. But like, yeah, you get into then you have Great Depression, which hold on, it had seven producers. Okay, yeah. not a lot going on there when you're listening to it. You then, know the thing that you really um, is it? I think it is. No, it, it's not. Yes, no, it, it is. Yes, it is this track. It's a second track, right? On the album. And, um, right, I remember I heard it, I'm hearing this. I'm like, oh shit, it's building, it's building to something. I was he gonna drop? Was he gonna drop? Oh shit, it's coming. He's gonna let them know, right? He's gonna let them know. And, 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 it, and you're just like, what is that? It, it became like these kind of, you know what I mean? Paint by number lyrics. Exactly. And, and you're just like, oh no. Yeah. And I remember there's a track on the album and the beat is fire. And he's just calling out people's names. Yes. Like, <laughs> no. What? What are you doing? Was that what Shorty? You- was that Shorty? Was the bomb? Yeah. It might like because yeah, it's like yeah. I mean, you did that once and it worked. Yeah. But you can't do it again. Yeah. Stop. And then he does it again on Grand Champ. <laughs> yeah, and Grand Champ is. There's 16 different producers for 18 tracks. Yeah. Wait. And it's just, it's, there's nothing that, like, and I mean, I, I tapped, like, I, heard, I remember hearing, like, the singles for, for Great Depression, and I was like, oh, it's generic. I don't even remember people talking about Grand Champ by the time that came out. Like, no. it was. I, I, I remember, well, I think with Great Depression, there was, I think, two free tracks. There's two or three tracks that you're like, no, that's all right. That's okay. But the rest, it was kind of skip, skip, right. skip. Grand Champ, I think there was one or two. 
and that was it. And one or two at a push, it wasn't classic, right? They were one or two, but it was just like, I mean, I guess, right? It wasn't, oh shit, if you hear those tracks, you're like, that's someone I need to take note of. It was just like, "Eh." I mean, they will pass, but what are we doing? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah which is crazy because that's it's when he was recording grand champ that he came, they did x gonna give it to you mm. that was from those recording sessions it didn't make the album yeah because it was used for cradle of the grave it was on the yes. cradle of the grave soundtrack and it didn't put it on i think there was like it might have been on the international version of the album but it wasn't on the, the u.s it was version. A bonus track yeah and it wasn't a, even a bonus track on the u.s version at mm. all it was just that, not there. That was that was a weird thing that would happen though. We yeah. would get those bonus tracks. So that fire single that kind of comes out, but yeah, not on the US version, but we get it. And it's just <laughs> awesome. Because <Yeah. laughs> it's like, you know, it's that's at least that's I mean, obviously with what Deadpool was able to do with that song, like that song becomes huge because mm. it's a fucking great song yeah it's hollow and empty and like <laughs> but it just bangs you know like <laughs> you can't not love it like every i mean and it's I, I think that's one of those ones yeah it's crossover but it's a really good crossover hit. like mm. but that wasn't on the fucking album <laughs> for so he's weird yeah right and, and you can and that's the problem right because those first albums had a clear, a clearer focus, especially the first two. When you're dealing with one producer, you can have that artistic vision. You can have that you you get the feeling it's one dude and a rapper in the studio, and they'd be like, yo, so yeah, I'm feeling about this. What about this this beat? I'm not quite sure. All right, let, let's recall, let's see what's happening. Boom, boom. That worked. Mm, those tracks don't really fit. Let's lose that one. And it feels like that. Then you get to a point of, um, oh, yeah, I've got a hot track, oh, hot track. Use my track, use my track. Oh, oh, oh we're going to give you this Porsche if you use this track. Are you like, oh, what about this? And it, it felt like it was this. <laughs> we're going to give you a Porsche. <laughs> I, I, I'm the car person. I'm the car. No, no, I'm not even joking. It's not even about that. I'm just like, yeah, that's probably what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, but it, that's what it feels. This, like, this is a thing, right? I mean, beginning of this year, a dude got in trouble over here, a DJ, right? Because you know, pay to play, right? Right. And this DJ was emailing people from his own email address <laughs> at the radio station he worked at, right? He's just like, okay. Um, if you want me to put your track on rotation this next week, you have to pay this amount of money. And it's just like, what? <laughs> it's just so dumb. But it's just like, back in the day, it wasn't like, it. Ha- you knew it was going on, right. but it was all under the table. It's all rumors. But that was the thing, right? People pay to get their, their beat on a, on an album. And you could, you know, out buy, so out like, you know what I mean? Pay a bit more and steal someone's beat. And it was getting, it used to get crazy. And you'd hear all of these rumors and this craziness. And you kind of feel that 
from this close crew, right, this Rough Riders crew, this ride or die crew, that it had started to fragment. Definitely. Well, and, I mean, I, when did, I mean, the locks broke up some point in there for a long while. You know, Eve went, did her couple albums and then she was doing TV and yeah. became more pop and all that too. Um, I mean, She's not pop, but you know, embrace that pop thing. Yeah. And doing when you're doing songs yeah, it, with Gwen Stefani, it, yes. you've gone a little pop. It, 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 exactly. <laughs> it, she, shit, was it an MTV show? Because yeah, she became a she was a VJ for a point, and it was like she'd stopped rapping for a bit. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, it became this whole thing, and you're just like, what's happening? Because you never really heard Dame Grease for a while, right? He disappeared. And which, was, what's happening? Yeah, and which Dame comes back with Swiss Beats for Year of the Dog, which I've never spent any time with, like, until mm. this past week. I'm like, wait, maybe I need to with this one. A little bit. I was going to ask you about it. I don't know if, how much time you've been able to spend, you've ever spent with it. I never spent a minute with that album. No. Okay. Because <laughs> I was like, I was listening to some of it on Spotify, and I'm like, well, this I, is better than the previous two. But I could I, be wrong. I just... I don't know. I, th I think, yeah, I think it got to Grand Champ and I was just like, no, nah, I can't. And I yeah. just kind of, it, it, I was just so disappointed, you know? Yeah. I, was, I was so disappointed with that album that I just couldn't. I, yeah, I, I couldn't anymore. Because that's got, like I said, that's a lot of Swiss beats. That's a lot of Dame. Like, so... You know, and it's a matter of whether that's lyrically there as well, or if they're generic, you know, what is this, 20, 2006 beats? Like, because we do, now we're in that period of time where, like, now pop is the thing, right? Pop mm -hmm. is the type of music in this period, in, the, in you know, through the aughts, right? And you've got these really generic beats starting to show up in a lot of songs. And yeah. so, like, like, for me, like, that's the curiosity. Because then when he hit 2012 and... Again, I think this is the undisputed album, which I don't know that anybody's ever listened to because I don't even know it was supposed to. I think the story is it wasn't even supposed to come out. But he he put out a mixtape before it, mm. the way in, which is pretty damn good. They, like it's they, not perfect, but no, there's definitely better because that was a thing, right? So I listened to the mixtape, and it, 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 there is a lot of hit and miss on it. Yeah, but. Going I mean, <laughs> from the previous stuff, it was like, okay. And then you go into Undisputed and it's just skip, skip, yeah, skip. And it's just like, I can't. There's a handful of Dame Grease. There's like two Swiss Beat songs. Who, know, like, who knows how old that's, they were sitting mm. on the shelf. And then you got a bunch of just random stuff. And it's way, way more writers, <laughs> way more people. And I think that's also the problem. Um, you know, once you get past really, even the Great Depression at least had a little bit fewer writers, even if, you know, but Grand Champ, ton of writers. You're the dog, ton of writers. So it's not his stories anymore. No, it's not his battles with the demons anymore, which I think, you know, I know. I wouldn't want to live in that mind for a 25-year career either. Oh, yeah. It, it'd be insane. But I think the problem but, is 
is it because he's losing the battle? Right. And when you look at everything that was going, like the car chases and, you know, indeed, all of that, you kind of felt he's losing the battle, right? Yeah. And, and that's what showed in the music. And the crazy thing, there's a thing that I don't quite get, right? Because what you, you listen to all the interviews and everything that everyone is doing, you know, what always happens. Someone dies and then everyone's <laughs> doing an interview and they're like, oh man, we lost him. So, and then you'd be like, you weren't talking about him last month. I'm like, all of a sudden now they're your favorite artist. <laughs> when was right. the last time you played their music? Yeah. Right, it is like, what's, it, it reminded me of this classic moment over here, right? So we had, um, Westwood had the big rap show only because it was on BBC Radio One, right? Because Westwood uh, is an asshole. He's always <laughs> been an asshole, but he's on the he's on the, the station that you can get anywhere in the country, where you had there was um on Kiss, right? You had Max Select and Davy J, and their rap show was sick that was a show i listened to every week but westwood had the big show so when artists came over they went on his show gotcha. and one day krs was over before all the crazy shit he's been saying recently oh. i know right it hurts <laughs> oh, that, because he doubles down on it yeah that was the fifth like, maybe album. i made a mistake maybe you spoke <laughs> And then he was like, nope. And this is what I think more of. And you're like, oh, no. Yeah. Anyway, oh. sorry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, KRS was over. And so he's on Westwood show. And Westwood, what, you know, it's like the one when, um, you know, you, you people, like, you you haven't seen him in a while. And you're like, oh, man, I miss you. And you're thinking, all right, but, you, you know, I ain't seen you. Right, but it, and but then you know that's what they say to everyone, and so Westwood was like, "Oh yeah, it's the big KRS One, ah, one of the best rappers." And KRS, and he couldn't say shit, and mm. KRS lit him up. <laughs> it was amazing. It was wow. amazing. Might have to find that. <laughs> Oh man, it, it was so great. But I think that's that's the thing though, because you've got all these people talking like he was there. And I'm like, <laughs> that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. He he didn't. He was mostly just dealing with his own personal deep, deep shit and demons. And yeah, but no, I mean, yeah, I, I get the metaphor there, but like But it makes no that sense. doesn't mean like, anything. How? Yeah. How is he? And he'd be like, yeah, when he does a concert, he'd, he'd pray for everyone. I'm like, that's not real. <laughs> and then he was just like, but he never asked for anything himself. I'm like, but you don't if you're praying. That's what they tell you from right. the, the times I went to Sunday school. I remember it's just like, don't ask for anything for you because you won't get it. So exactly. you're not gonna be that's not how that's not how that works. And the and the thing being, if that but if someone told you that's what they were doing, you 
you take that person and you put them no you're right man I, I i shouldn't do this shit you go the minute you're out the door they're like exactly yeah and you can't there's only so much loved ones and f close friends can do yeah listening back now i'll say i haven't revisited him in the last few years but I, there's plenty of tracks that have never left being played with frequency from those first three albums in any playlists i have going right it's like i haven't sat down until the last couple of weeks to really sit down and go start to finish on an album of anybody's in a while right but <laughs> but like you know to do that this week and you listen to the what especially on those first two and you put it into the context of what comes in the next 20 years right it's shit like we should have just seen all that like he said it was all there mm -hmm. like he 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 flows in and out of of you know this party music these but even sometimes when the beats are crazy and it's just like go 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 he's still talking about some deep painful shit right yep. so you know i don't know that they're a call for help i think it was a way to express it to get it out to, to put it out there and again i don't think you want to sit there and make that every album for your whole career mm. but that's definitely what grabs you know the listeners right and if we're all listening for that we're waiting for that again and again like is that self-fulfilling is it bullshit is it like what do you what is he supposed to do yeah see the thing is because i know not everyone likes him right but i'm a big jay-z fan right and the, the thing is i feel jay changed the lyrics right he, he changed what he's talking about Mm -hmm. And so with the albums, there comes this evolution. And even because you heard people go, <coughs> why is he talking about paintings? Why is he talking about <laughs> And he's just like, because I'm grown, right. <laughs> right? And he's just doing it where you kind of look at, you know, DMX and it's like, he kind of got trapped into this narrative and it was hard to escape from it. And whether he tried and people were like, no, 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 people don't want that. They want more of that. Who knows? But that's the one thing that you notice that it became this, you know, this perpetual wheel of the same thing over and over again, this regurgitation which you really notice on um, shit. Is it, I think it's a uh, dog eat, dog eats rabbit, which there is a lot of stuff that was this like old stuff on, you know, weird house electronica beats. Oh, yeah. Oof. Yeah, well, I mean, it's an interesting point with the with Jay Z too, right? Because it's a really good point, like that you just made. Because he went an album a year, right, from '96 to '03. Yeah, every summer, right? Pretty much, you know. And but and you could say like if you look at that list, like there's not like these giant jumps in growth. But then all of a sudden you're at the Black Album. Yeah, and it's like what the. F yeah. I guess we did. We did grow that whole time. <laughs> I know. The Black Album is just like, oh, damn. Right. And the blueprint, 
And like yep. Magna Carta is different. That's the only word I'm going to use for it on this. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then, yeah, but you get, but like, so like, like that's a, that's not that different. 96 to 03, right? That's not mm. all that different than the timeline of 98 through Grand Champ is 03 as well. Yep. Like, so it's a couple of years different, but there's, instead of that growth, like you're saying for Jay-Z, where you see this, this really just interesting change in the way, different ways, different approaches um, to topics and to the music itself. You know, let me go get weird with Rick Rubin for a while, like, you know, like <laughs> on this album, or even, you know, years and years later with 444. Oh, like, and like you said, you're talking about paintings, you're talking about real estate, you're, but you're also talking about societies, everything. Like, yeah. you're talking about the racism, you're talking yeah. about you're talking about his mom coming out like mm. it's this totally different version but it's wholly listenable some of it's absolutely amazing but that yeah i don't know that x ever had the shot to do that right everybody wants him to be growling and barking because as you said look def jam was in trouble right def jam is in trouble and then it gets saved right? right x comes out j comes out you know ja rule like these people come look because that was the thing i remember, remember when um it's dark comes out reasonable doubt comes out you're just like oh what album am i what am i buying which one do i like the most right and it's just like ah what am i listening to and then there was this point but then you see the change right, and the consistency and kind of philosophy. Or let's get the, 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 the street general right? who could be done, you know, DMX is the comet. You know I mean, he's the exploding star to Grand Champ. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's crazy. It's, yeah, and it's, it's, it's unfortunate. And I'm looking through the, the the Def Jam albums that come out in those early, like around Grand Champ, and business that Def Jam and, and yeah. Rockefeller, and that's a whole business thing, right? But they've, like you said, there's Ja Rule, there's Drew Hill. Like, I mean, Rahana is probably the thing that is really helping them. Yeah, because like they tried to do, you have Scarface. I love Scarface. They oh, brought him into Def Jam, but that's not gonna sell. That's not bringing in money. You've got Beanie Siegel, who I love Beanie Siegel, but he's as there's some money for for your crossover hits. But that's like all they had going in yeah. the in the early two thousands, and it, so they had this, like you said, he just blows up at this comet and just takes over the world for this really maybe even it's just four or five years but every one of those first five albums were number one hit number one albums yeah and then he yeah he disappears and he fades away and then he fades away hard um mm. and the troubles that you know get the demons get to him because yeah you you alluded to it like the car chases the police the jail time the family issues the drugs like it just all becomes there's no story about him and music or him and acting it's just stories about him and his personal troubles for the next decade yeah and, and when it is music it's i'm retiring 
I'm doing a gospel album. <laughs> I'm doing, you know, I'm going to become a, a pastor. I'm going to, but nothing ever comes of it all. Right. They're all concepts and ideas and just the, he couldn't execute. I mean, even if he wanted to, even if that would have made him, you know, change, you know, it's hard to see how any of those things that he wanted to try to do would have really changed his path. But yeah, he never executed on any of them. Either. Yeah. And it just, again, that's very telling to where he was and he was losing the battles. Yeah. And, and I think the problem can probably come down to the crews, right? Because it's who you have around you. Because how many times have we seen it? Like we have people and they've got a huge entourage and their, their output kind of diminishes like biggie you know ready to die killer killer right. album life after death should never have been a double album no that could have been one solid album you make it a double and it's like ugh. there's there's tracks on it for sure but it's inconsistent as hell. And then, right, the, the next album, the, he, he didn't record enough stuff. So they're get putting, you know, eight bars of Biggie and then filling it up with all yep. the best stars. <laughs> and it's just like, wait, what the fuck is this? And well, I mean Tupac, like you, you talk to people like Corrupt and he's like, I've got a vault. I could put out an album of Tupac stuff for the next 10 years. I recorded so much stuff with him. Tupac has got stuff. Right. And, it, and, and that's the thing. You, you see people with the big flashy entourages. It, it fucks them up. Right? And, and that was D. Yeah, and especially when... Well, at least in Biggie's case, when your entourage is all lessers, right? Yes. Like, try to listen, try to sit to that Junior Mafia album. <laughs> because, because did you see the Netflix documentary? I haven't yet. I need. To, I have. I know. I know it's there. I want. I haven't watched it yet, though. I mean, it's okay. Like, there's there's not a lot of new stuff we really learn. Which is why I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what I heard. I mean, what they, they say that, oh, they're not focusing on the, the murder and the death and blah, 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 which is what his mum supposedly wanted and all of that. But, yeah, we don't really hear much new stuff. But one thing we do is confirmation of he wrote for all of them. <laughs> he wrote all their shit. Right, it was something that Yak thought was happening, but it was never completely said. But in this document, it is said. <laughs> like, <laughs> bro, everyone shit. And, right. and that's the problem. You can't have, you know, a, an entourage of artists who, yeah, are so much lesser than you, and you're writing all their stuff. Because it's crazy right and like because there was a period with x and he was trying to bring through the bloodline imprint right he is like i've got right. a, i'm setting up this new label bloodline i've got these artists and it was just like where where are they 
what happened? <laughs> they, 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 I don't think any of them even brought out an album. Because at least with Goldmine, was Mrs. One Goldmine? I feel that's what it was. I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm trying to look at Bloodline. I'm like, no. I, I can't find any, <laughs> I tried to look it up. I couldn't find anything on it. But I remember it was a thing. I'm hoping I didn't just make it up in a fever dream or something, but I swear it was a thing. Oh, because yeah, Bloodline has got most the guys from For My Dogs, which was the one week track on the first album. <laughs> <laughs> so of course that's what's going on. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, that's the thing. I think, it, yeah, I think it's all those, it's that loss of direction. It's that loss of momentum. I mean, when you have the whole, you know, whether it's the whole country, the whole world, you know, whatever, you've got this constant momentum and it's so big and it's, you know, I don't know, you know, who knows what the, the deals were and how much money he was actually seeing of any of this mm. in those years. Cause uh, there's, I think, you know, the Wikipedia says he made 2.3 million. I'm like he sold 10 million albums. I know. He should have made a lot more, but it's like when he leaves Def Jam for that label that no one's ever heard of. Oh yeah. It, it, it's a bit like, uh... yeah, no, granted, many of our favorites have left the labels and are on like uh, labels you haven't heard of. Mostly it was like Koch was picking them up, but, <laughs> but yeah. like, so like, I get it if you're going, but yeah, when it's, when it's this level where it's not even like, oh, this is just where like three or four other like 90s ever heard of. Yeah. And then, yeah that's the thing. It's like leaving Def Jam and going to like Interscope or you know what I mean right. Virgin or something is like fine but to go to this label he, he went to this weird label who then put out an out his last album without having the rights to it which is like right. oh shit yeah, like, which you know, that sweet photoshopped cover and <laughs> yeah, like I mean, nearly ten years of just kind of this irre irrelevant to anything at mm -hmm. a time when, especially the last three or four years, when a version of hip hop is the biggest thing in the world. Yeah, like shit. On <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? It, it's like. When grannies are dancing to WAP on day, it says it all, right? Yeah. You know, the, the gores were trying to pass bills to like <laughs> take it out of society. And now it's just, it's in the fabric, right? Of yep. everything. Yep. And so, like, to see what he, and I think that's what I kind of, when I shouted out to you the other day, like to see, it's sad that we didn't get more music from him. I mean, we did get music after we all kind of gave up, <laughs> but yeah. to get the music that probably more he would, would have liked to put out to get the music that everybody kind of was hoping for and to see what, if he had taken that path, right. Taking yes. that growth path instead of this, what again i i perceive it as getting grabbed by handlers or or corporate right and and I mean, they, that's what it feels like and it just that that tore everything apart yeah. um you know it's it's that missing of that the demons won it's that yeah we didn't get to see 
what he could have done. We also lost somebody that's 50 years old. Yeah. Like that's not long enough ever. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just heartbreaking. Yeah. Cause I remember seeing on verses, right. When verses started up last year and you're just like, Oh, whoa, what is this? You know, and you had DMX against Snoop, which, um, I mean, yeah, makes it like the dog thing. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of feel, ain't D's probably got more big hits than Snoop. I mean, when it comes down to it, like I can listen to most any Snoop record, like throughout the career, like there's a, there's some that you don't listen to a lot of, but then even when you come out, what he's list, put out in the last five years, like, oh, okay. Like it's some of it's the same. Some of it's, kind of different and new like at least lyrically um okay. no snoop's got like he's got the the stuff off doggy style yeah and that's i mean he's got a little bit of the the pharrell stuff like you know kind of blue carpet he's got a few hits there like there's a couple but there was i don't think other than doggy style there's nothing that was no. just massive like no it, it, like it, what dmx yeah, was it, it is doggy style beautiful Yep. Right. And there was that other Pharrell track, right? Yes. They're, they're the big ones. Yep. Because I can't think of anything from the No Limit era. No, there's nothing really to think about there either. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there's some of the stuff off of like the Chronic and the Chronic 2, the collabs. There's some of those features, but it's mainly the first album. Oh yeah, I mean, as far as a as far as a widespread, and that was you know that's ninety three, right? Ninety two, ninety three, chronic and and, and yeah. doggy style. So that's not even that's when stuff was broadening out, and I'm sure the numbers are huge for those albums and all that. But it wasn't, it still wasn't. That was the Gores, and that was everybody still fighting mm -hmm. music and fighting lyrics, right? Yeah. So you know, so. Though I still think that was yeah that that has an appeal to a certain age group, whereas because it was dangerous. Yeah, it was different. It was dangerous. It was. I mean, it was. It goes back to that West Coast thing. Like it was totally different than what most of the '80s was. Mm -hmm. Right. It was totally different than that. So when you come out, I mean, yeah, NWA had trickled in, Ghetto Boys had trickled in, but they were real outside. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's what got me into it was really those two groups, but they were way outside the, any kind of norms. Um, but yeah, for Snoop, I, I think it is like, like I said, I, I actually really like some of the stuff off of like Kool-Aid and Never Left, which is the ones that just came out in like 2016, 2017. There's some interesting, uh, fun stuff, interesting stuff, a little yeah. bit here and there. Oh yeah, yeah no, for sure. But no, there's nothing that is a hit yeah, by any means. Huge. Yeah. There's so decent stuff. It's good stuff, but stuff that will change the fabric. Right. There's not that. No, I got a picture from a friend of mine of the of his wine and how he has his face even on the cork. Like, so it's a definite different direction. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I don't think X is going to be best friends with Martha Stewart. Like, that's not that's even in even in the best of paths where we get an X that's eighty five years old before he goes. 
he wasn't befriending Martha Stewart, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> and that's but, all right. I'll take I'll take them both, but I would yeah. have rather have taken X for a while longer. But I think this is but I think this is the thing, right? Because Snoop, like doing all the things Snoop has done, he has been able to ride the wave. Right? Where where X he seemed to drown. Yes. Right? He, he couldn't ride with it. Where Snoop has been able to, like, yeah, you joke, like, you know, he, he's a blood, he's a crypt. You know, he's, he's a no-limit soldier. <laughs> he's a Rastafarian, right? He's, he, 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 I, 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 I want to see him with rainbow hair and tattoos like Tasheshi. He's going to jump into everyone's clique. But I swear to God, if he does a mumble rap album, um, that's it. <laughs> he can have his gospel album, but no mumble rap albums. <laughs> he's going to do an ASMR one. That's what he's going to do. <laughs> but it's it's kept him going, right? Where where and he's been able to change, right? Right. That I think that's the big thing. He can bring out different sounding albums. And he's been able to, for the most part, get away with it. But yeah, and I think that's again, that's that personality driven thing, too. Yeah. Like, you know, he's, I don't know if it's, he's got his own, it's a totally different charisma. Like, you don't want to sit down and listen to him talk. Like, we were talking about Pac and Max. Like, Snoop, you, but you, you love to watch what he's doing. Like he's a game show host. Fine. Mm. Let me watch Snoop be a game show host. Right. Like, cause I'm going to laugh. Like, Oh yeah. He's he hilarious on the cabin with Burt Chrysler. Yeah. He's, he's, he knows, I think that's out because he can, he can be funny and do something campy and silly. And that's all right. Cause he's Snoop. He does whatever the fuck he wants and nobody cares. Yeah. And that's why he gets to do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. Which, you, that's the thing you need to find, right? Because it's all, it was always cringy when, you know, those terrible straight-to-DVD films came out and you had certain rappers and like, yo, son, give me the drugs. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, okay, we get it. You're, you're a gangster. Okay, can we stop this shit, please? <laughs> I mean, like, who the fuck really are you? Right. right, because you ain't doing that at home. When it's like, Daddy, can I have another bowl of cereal? Uh, no, but I'm gonna go out and do some. Uh, uh, where's my guns? I don't need cereal. Like that's not what you're like at home. So right. let's let's see more of the real person rather than this bullshit persona. And if you are that. We know you're that. Like, we'll know you're that. Like, you knew Tupac was that life, but he wasn't all, he wasn't that life every five minutes. There was these these moments of introspection, these deep moments, these, the poetry, the, you know what I mean? The activism, there was all of that too. Well, that's what the, the Cat Williams clip popped up after last Friday, right? The Cat Williams clip of him being at dinner with X. Mm. He's like, he's just like, motherfucker is that only one person 
bitch, give me my food. Like, <laughs> like he's just, he's, he, that was, you know, it's a minute long little thing, but he's like, that's just, he was that dude all the time. Yeah. That's not gonna, yeah. And that's where we, there's, that means you didn't, there's no growth. You can't you just yell at everybody. <laughs> like, mm. you gotta, that's where that, that lack of growth. And that's, for me, that's where it's just, that's the, the damn demons. Like they just, he couldn't get out of, you know, he got out of the hole he was in, you know, you know, when he was a teenager in his early twenties and he becomes this superstar. And this, like you said, this comet. And then it just fades away fairly quickly. But so I think, you know, you know, I'm not, not going to pretend to be a psychologist, but like at the same time, you wonder if he didn't, just was trying to latch back onto that fame aspect. And if that was the fame, I got to be that. Mm. And, and, you know, and you mix in the other stuff that, you know, is out of his control with, you know, the drugs and well, the drugs are out of his control, you know, the dependencies as a motherfucker. So, um, but, you know, just other, and then making the bad choices, um, you kind of see like, I guess this is where it was leading. I mean, I, I never really thought, right, that you're going to have, you know, DMX in his 90s. True. You well, did, did we think any of these guys would even get to their 50s and 60s? <laughs> there's, there's definitely some people that you're like, oh, you're still here? Yeah. Like, oh, shit, okay. Right? I, I didn't expect that. But it's like, yeah, D, D, you just you just had a feeling that it wasn't gonna be a happy ending, which True. is a shame. Like you don't want to see it like go out like this. No, no, this yeah. is the self-destructive, just destructive part of it, you know, and having as much family as he does now that you know are all impacted by it it just it becomes and i think that's where some that's you know that's probably why people have latched onto in the last you know since his passing like it's just it is a sad story yeah like in the end it's a tragedy of of stuff we saw coming stuff he talked about and you know kind of being forgotten for a while and maybe there's like a public guilt around that as well <laughs> and i think that goes back to some of what you were saying earlier like it's just no we you know people weren't throwing you know bumping his albums every day and revisiting it again there's definitely tracks that should be on everybody's playlist at all time um but like they weren't thinking nobody's thinking about him the last 10 years really and yeah. I think that there's that that's that guilt, that's that tragedy, like something that, that that wish for a better end, a better result, a better life. I think just that gets that's that's what got the public because he was so massive for that period of time that he was so cross, uh, you know, he was just marketable to L, just a massive amount of people of all kind of demographics for that five-year window. Oh, yeah. Def- definitely. He transcended race. Right. Really, you had, you know, I mean, black kids, white kids, Chinese kids, Asian kids, like any, you know, I mean, race, creed, color, 
they're bopping DMX. Yep. You hear me? And that's the that's the huge thing of it. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about art, right? And especially, I feel music, because you know, I think with films, you know, you yeah, like foreign films. Yeah, there's subtitles, and you have to get past all of that. But I remember listening to French rap and just vibing off this rap, not knowing what the hell they're saying. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? But it's just the cadence, the beat, the flow. And it's just like, oh shit. And well, that's yeah. what you can do with music. You doesn't matter the language, you can get down to it all. Music, yeah, music for that, I think for me is it, you know, that's exactly what it is. Like even like so listening to like so Tupac's Outlaws, right? Like they put they put out albums and albums and albums. And honestly, I think some of the mixtapes are actually, there's some stuff on there. I mean, yeah, it's hit and miss for sure. But the stuff that hits, I was like, oh shit, that's right. They were actually good. Yeah. Right? Like, like, and and two points on that. One, there's two of them left out of the five, I think now. Like, so like, again, expectations of who was making it to 50 or 60, mm. that was definitely weren't those dudes, right? But the other pieces, they started bringing in international artists and rappers from Europe and Africa and like all these. And they were doing, you know, they would do their, you know, the outlaws are doing their piece in English. And then all of a sudden these guys come in and I don't know what the fuck anybody's saying, but <laughs> they have a good flow and you got that beat already. It's just as it's just it doesn't matter then, right. Like you said, it mm. doesn't matter what they're saying because on some album on some tracks because it just sounds right it sounds good use an appreciation for what they're doing despite knowing all the lyrics um but you know so that love of music is i think what all going back to x like that's where that we talk about it those first three albums especially those first two but those first three and then the, the music part falls off and the lyrical part starts to fall off or become redundant, if nothing else. Mm. Um, then that's, you know, folks lose interest. Yeah. Um, you can't have three versions of the same album. I mean, you look at like, even like Public Enemy, like when they like, talking about the 90s and Def Jam, like they hit that wall mm. when, they did, when they did music in our message. Like that was a wall for them. Like they never kind of, like they went off. They did like a, a, a online only album after that that I bought. Like that was okay-ish. Like, but then they have a couple of they've done some decent stuff since. But yeah, you hit that wall, you feel like you're just repetitive and saying the same shit over and over again. Yeah, no, for because I think you had the was it the miseducation of no, it wasn't that. But Chuck D had the one, the, the out, he brought out an album. Yes. That, I, I, I really liked that album. But it was just like, that was it. You know what I mean? Like, Public Enemy put out stuff after that. But it yeah. just. It yeah, was that was, like, I have, I have that autobiography of Mr. Chuck. Yeah. That's like, it. Yes. Yeah. I have that too. And like, there's, there's moments on there, but at the same time, like I get what he wanted to do. And it's just like when black thought goes off and does wants to do his own thing without the roots. Right. Mm. Like, like you want to change the sound you want to change, but sometimes, and again, maybe, you know, this, maybe this is our fault, 
that we marry people to these sounds. And I think that's why you get people with like Magna Carta, Holy Grail for Jay-Z or 444. Like, like, I don't like Magna Carta. Like, I don't think there's like, I just, I can't, I can't find it. Like, I just can't find, but like 444 is completely off the rails, different than what you would expect. And yet that's way more, way enjoyable. Right. Like that's fucking like just amazingly part, you know, uh, torn down, deconstructed sounds, simple lyrics, not even simple lyrics, but like just simple delivery of lyrics. Yeah. Almost spoke borderline spoken word at times. Right. Yeah. It, it was like you, you stripped it down. Right. You, you've taken off all the pomp and all, all, all the glitter and the flash. And we've got this skeleton, right? We've got the, the, just the, the bones and the sinew. And that is telling these tales now. And it's just like, I, I listened to it. I had to listen to it again, straight away. Like there was no, just, I'll come back to that. It was just like, what? <laughs> then I just played it again. I was just like, damn. Is it was different. Right. I mean, it was just crazy. And I think it was more consistent and Magna Carta. Like, I liked Magna Carta. There was these different experiments on Magna Carta. But 444 was like, just consistent kind of narrative vision that was just like yo right and yeah we don't always allow your artists to do those things right sometimes someone comes out with a different album and you're like what the fuck was that <laughs> right i wanted blah 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 and we get this what is this i mean they they collaborated with that person like ugh <laughs> and, it, and it's crazy it's just like all right you didn't that wasn't for you but they did something different because right. when someone does a highlander two, no one's down for that right? <laughs> no one's down for that <laughs> there's a small handful of sequels that are better than the original but no general yeah. prince general thumb nah like <laughs> and, and beg that it's not a highlander three. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah you know i mean especially in music if you start putting a sequel you know a sequel number after that you're gonna start getting yourself in trouble mm. and you see that especially in rap you see that if they're if they're legitimately trying to revisit something from several years ago you're you're in a lot of trouble yes yeah, so some people some people have pulled it off but they only do it once. And then right. some people do it multiple times. <laughs> we, yeah. we need to stop. We need yep. to stop this. <laughs> <laughs> but man, it's, I, I, I think legacy wise, right? You can look at the first three albums, right? You can look at those albums and go, Hey, this is more than a lot of cats. You can look at, yeah, you can look at pretty much any one of those first three albums and say this is more than a lot of cats. Because yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it is, and it's especially like we keep saying, those first two are two different beasts. Um, but they, 
they are telling a story and they're giving you this insight to this person. And to some degree, it's very, very personal. And to some degree, it's just the, the standard New York storytelling. But the level of personal that it was and to watch him go through stuff and you realize, oh, this shit's real. This mm-hmm. isn't like just a fictional story or, or a version, an exaggerated version of life. This is just a real a person with some really big fucking problems. Yeah. Trying to f- make his way through every day. You know what those albums are like, right? The first album is when you're getting high, right? You're with your peoples and you're getting high and it's, you're passing the blunt, right? Whew. And you, you, you know what I mean? You may be having a little drink aside, you're popping some music and it's just that energy, right? And then the second album is when most of the people have left. <laughs> but you're, you're with that, those one, two motherfuckers who you can have those deep conversations with and be like, yeah, that's what stars are made of, right? And you're like, sitting outside on the curb until six in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that, that's what those two albums are kind of like, right? Because they're that, both yeah. these great kind of, you love those moments, right? You love those energies, but they're very different. Absolutely. Very different. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's, it's unfortunate. It sucks. It's been interesting to go back and revisit um it's definitely been amazing to talk about because i think he was a game changer for the the industry at that moment he was what both rap and hip-hop needed to break out of the 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 malaise they were in with the, the 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 r&b push and it was the exact right time nationally at least if not worldwide for what he brought and the producers he had on his first two albums with dame especially dame and swiss beats like those guys just push it so hard and make it so listenable to sit through some really fucked up tales yes yeah because i think there is definitely people that you look at right and you can listen to their albums and it's just like ah, the beats let them down mm-hmm. right now i'm not saying any names nazir jones but it, it's one of them things you know some people can't pick a beat right it's frustrating <laughs> as hell yes but, but it was that perfect combination that 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 moment where these motherfuckers come together and create these tracks that just speak to you at different moments of your mood absolutely right? you you can go in there and go all right i i need this and you can put that track on and be like yes or it'd be like man shit's a bit crazy it's not a great day. And you put that track on, you're like, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's what those albums gave you, you know? Where some people, 
Because I, I really like Ludacris, but there's not that same introspection. Right. Right? You you get those tracks, you know. I'm gonna lick it, lick it from your head to your toes. I'm gonna move. And you're just like, yeah. And it's the beat, and you're just like, ah, ah, ah. But it's not, there's nothing else. <laughs> no. It, it's I, not, I get you, yeah. It, I feel that. It, 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 it's not that, you know what I mean? That reflection. Which I think is what. I don't know, for me at least, I think that's where lyrically, like like I was saying, yeah, you can have somebody that I don't understand what they're saying, and as long as the flow and the music works, then it's cool. What I want though, for most of my, I want to be able to think about what there's, like, that's yeah. often what I want. When I'm going to sit down and I'm listening, if I'm folk, I want to focus. I want to listen to what they're saying. I want to hear the story they're telling or putting emotions and feelings into, you know, a metaphor that actually works for somebody like me who sucks at putting together metaphors. Like, <laughs> like yeah, I'm a very literal right there. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm such a literal person in my you know my day to day that I you know to hear the stories and have them painted paint this picture with the words to have the music behind you to help you know focus on what they're saying when it hits the perfect combination. And I think for, you know, for me, that's, you know, that's definitely a few songs on both those first albums. It was always a perfect combination. Um, and that's the goal every time. And that, you know, at least we got that, I guess. Yeah. You know, someone who was kind of like it, but not at the same level, Joe Budden. Okay. Right. Because you had, um, oh, what's that? Memory is so bad. Uh, it is hot in here. Uh, uh, uh. Let me, uh, 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 uh. Fuck! <laughs> I can't think of how those motherfucking tracks go. It's so irritating. I mean, there's I because there's the one track to one, like one, which was just like oh, or like one minute, I think it was, and it was just like. But that first album he dropped was like, oh, it's a serious album, man. I I, I love that album. So um, do, 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 do. yeah. So one, pump it up. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, pump it up. Like that was a great track, right? But you know, push a man. That's a great track walk with me it's like a little introspective and they i've kind of felt like they're similar to x like fire but never at that same level right they didn't pick up the same steam as right. x did I think that's yeah, and I think that just goes to that. It's that moment in time. It's that perfect combination of where you know society was, plus where people were spending their money and how on music and the 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 charisma of X. But that voice is you know you 
you can you hear that voice you know it immediately like yeah. just same as busta like you hear busta's voice like he was on mass singer and i was he was like two bars in i was like oh it's busta rhymes like <laughs> <laughs> they, they tried to, but you know that like you can't have buster or someone like buster or mad that's insane that's some yeah dumb it makes shit. no sense so because like you just you know those voices yeah the moment like two words in you know and and i think when you combined all that stuff for for x it was it i there's no other way he would have become what he was when, unless it was when and, and where, like it was New York, it was MTV, it was money, it was, you know, good. It was, you know, at least on in America, very, you know, one of the, you know, right before everything hit the fan, mm. um, you know, with, with every, like people were swimming in cash, you know, <laughs> so they, they were spending it. They were, you know, so it's all this stuff that just, that was the dude, right? That was the man to come and just take that, take, take the throne for those five years. Yeah. And yeah. be charismatic as fuck the whole time. And then kind of just fade away. Yeah. I don't recall many people having like going at X, like on vinyl. I don't think he had. Like he had beefs at people, but he didn't. Right. I don't recall many people like starting a beef with him, like throwing the first friggin' Yuri bar i don't i don't think he yeah i don't remember him ever getting into much of anything um i don't think i mean like why who's fucking with x like, <laughs> i mean who's gonna who's gonna do that who's going after the crazy man <laughs> x gonna give it to you yeah exactly <laughs> not a good idea it's just it's a terrible idea because he will He's just gonna name names and go after you. So why bother? <laughs> Which I think that says a lot because when you look at the beefs and everything like that, like if it was fifty was going at people, fifty didn't go at X. <laughs> nah, nah. There was yeah, nobody. I, I think that's the other piece is that he was just respected all around. Mm. You know. It, it, it at least it's, it appears he was you know the peer you know his peers respected him at the time um especially you know he was he was the people people were going after like one they were aspiring to be like yeah. you know i want to i we need to be that i want a hype williams looking video without hype williams yeah like i want mm -hmm. i want but i also want to again like we said we want to talk about the real shit that's going on. I I don't know that there's. I, I do. I was trying. I've been trying to think you know, for the last couple of weeks. Like, is there really a direct you know predecessor to him? Was there really kind of like you talk about button? Like, is there really somebody, or is it just he was just this thing unto himself? Uh, I, I think he might have just been a the, one of the more unique characters. Yeah, because there's people that kind of were around 
you know, like you could be like, you know, Fredro Star, Sticky Fingers were kind of similar, but never that. Right. Right. There's things that were circling the persona that X was and became, but never fit it. You never coalesced into that thing. You know, and, and I think that's it, really. You know, there, there's people, but no one really like X. No, I don't think that. Yeah, I think that's what it comes out as. Is just, and again, I think that goes to like why there's the reaction there is. It's just, oh, right. Shit, I forgot how much I love that in those mm. moments. And you can put some of those songs with having fun with friends. You can, you, again, we all thought he was, everything was good because we had a song come out with Deadpool. Yeah, like, <laughs> and, and as you said, the music didn't go away. Like it was being used throughout stuff. So it kind of felt like it's one of those things. I think it kept us in that specific time. Yeah. versus like where's this man now oh yeah i remember i love x like you know but you love that dude from that you we, we all love that dude 20 years that, that that 20 year old or younger guy nobody was checking to be like what's going on with him now yes it, yeah it is that thing where you know you're you're talking and be like oh remember that time we were with um steve and we did that thing and be like oh yeah i remember steve doing that thing but no one's like where's steve Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yo, that guy was Steve. Where's Steve? It's just like, oh, where's Steve? <laughs> it's like, Nobody asked. Yeah. <laughs> and that, I feel, yeah, that's what it was with X. It's just like, oh, shit. I remember when that dropped and, yo, and going to Carnival and that gig and that, bum, bum, bum. But it was just like, oh, there's nothing new. We haven't heard anything new for, huh? What's right. happening? What's going on? His verses was the first time I'd seen him out, out properly in a while. I mean, I feel like I feel like he missed the entire 2010 to 2019 period. Like it felt that way. Yeah. And and it, that's I think that's the part to me that's like oh shit like what could I, again i go you go back and then that's what we all do right we all go back to when it's a tragedy what could have been what should have been um the the what if of it all right mm. like what if he hadn't gotten hooked but then again does that lead us if if he if if the story is different do yeah. we even get those first two albums at all that's the well that yeah that's it right because without the counterbalance, what do you get, right? Because the, those albums came from pain. That's not happy, right? It's like a happy Alanis Morissette. <laughs> not a good Alanis Morissette. You, you, you see her with a new dude and you'll be like, please break up, please break up. Need another album, man. We can't. You can't be happy and write an album. It's not going to work. You need no. to get dumped, right? But and, and it's like, with, yeah, with some people, when they are in these great moments, there's nothing to... 
I don't know, it's weird. Like that you feel there's probably nothing to channel, you know, that creativity. Like, I think we saw it slightly with the woo, right? With those 36 chains, jeez, you know what I mean? Like those first out only built for Cuban links. Right. Is like Takao, like all of those, uh, just fire. You know, liquid swords is just, ah. Uh, but every but, every first album, like yeah. every one of them, they when had, they were getting money, it changed everything. Well, I mean, and the touch back to Def Jam, we all waited for how many years for Takao two thousand, like, and oh, like what happened? <laughs> well, the, the weird thing was though, on a, as a feature, killed it. On your own album, eh. yeah, yeah, it was always diminished. I mean, not always, but because you had Ghost that was always putting out, like, with like one exception. There's like every Ghost album is utterly listenable, right? Oh, and Grand, every, not Grand Champ, is it Grand Champ? No, that's no, the hotel, yeah, the, yeah. The, the hotel one. <laughs> no, it's um, Extreme Clientele, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, album is fire <laughs> love that album yeah no i love that one i mean but in in but you look even ray you know ray is another one for me that's a little bit like pick a better beat yeah. uh but the when you listen and the you know even 25 years in you listen to some of his even the newer lyrics that he's throwing down like oh okay you still have stories they they've changed a little bit um yeah, for me, I always, you know, go to, you know, on the woo, like, and that's, you know, Rizza was always madly interesting because you had to pay attention to what the fuck he was saying. Yeah, I like, really did like that Bobby, the first Bobby Digital. The first Bobby Digital is amazing. <laughs> NYC everything. The way that builds. Uh, uh, from the streets to the... Uh, oh, God damn. Love yeah. that shit. And I, you know... I even liked it, you know, once he got done with the Bobby Digital stuff and, you know, I like Birth of a Prince. Like, there's, it's not perfect. There's definitely, but there's some of the stuff on there mm. you can just sit there and listen to. I mean, and that's, that's, you know, that's got, doesn't it have Grits on it? Is that, yeah, Grits is on that album. Like that album, like that song, especially. It's just like, oh, and you got Master Killer on there who's like the most overlooked one as far as I'm concerned. Oh, <laughs> and, but that, you sit there and you're just listening to that story be told. And that's coming from RZA in 03 when he's already 10 years in and he can still give you that retrospective, inter introspective, sad story. Like, that's the shit I wish. Like, that's, a, again, that evolution that we missed with X, like, yeah. same thing. Like, RZA just became a businessman, but he kept, well, for a while, he was, you know, 10, 15 years putting out his own music, doing soundtracks for really amazing soundtracks, like, and all yeah. that, and, and producing and producing and producing. And yeah, there's the production, maybe got a little diminishing returns on that at, at the end, but he could still tell those stories and craft uh, an emotional interesting story and and that's 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 what always grabs me with music yeah i mean rizza did rogan ah uh, 
maybe 2019. And it was just so interesting. So interesting hearing him break it all down, you know? And I think you don't always get that from people, right? It, it, it's weird. Some people have got the manual. Some people are just trying to wing it. <laughs> right. And yeah, I mean, even with Rizzo, you went to that super dark because he was part of Brave Diggers for the first album. Mm. And, well, he might have been on both. I think he was mostly just the first. But, like, that's a crazy, like, yeah, that was horrorcore. You know, that was kind of <laughs> nonsense. But if you, the beats and the flows that they put into some of that and the story, and even if you go with, okay, this is just a ridiculous thing, but it's a ridiculous story. But it's actually a story. They yeah. actually thought it through. Yeah. And so when you roll with that, like, okay, you can do this weird, super dark stuff. In, even when it's fictional and you can be somewhat engaging not necessarily the second album but <laughs> <laughs> but his but his solo track on that I've always liked so on the second album had, um, he had the one oh shit was it the rings I forget what that one was called but anyway the 12 jewels that's what it was he had 12 jewels which was just a solo track on that second album and I always liked it, it was interesting again Tell me something different. Tell me something interesting. Give me something that's personal. Yes. Um, one of those things. And that's uh, that's what those those first two albums did nothing but that for DMX. Yeah. So I think that's a big thing, right? Even though it, it kind of fell apart, right? It, it kind of fell apart for whatever reasons, right? What Ever reasons you can look at that, you know, what you did at the beginning, and you see the hunger because two albums in seven months. Yep. How many, which, which is usually always the curse of a new artist, the, the gap between first and second album, right? How and how many people drop that second, and it's just like, what's that right there's so many people slip on that second album he seven months later and it's fire and it's a 180 right you didn't just go all right that got me here i'm gonna do more of that no he did something completely different so i think we 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 have that and you can never, you can't take that away, right? So that is, that's X right there. I mean, that's that's the core fabric of the thing we love about, you know what I mean? Dark Man X. Exactly. You hit it. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding, man. It's oh, this has been good. It's just like when I saw you, your comment, I was like, "Oh shit, awesome!" Let me just... <laughs> because it's like a lot of the time, you know, something happens, and I'm just like, "Ah, you want to have a conversation? You want to be able to?" Let me try and put this. You know what I mean? Try and weave this into context 
you know, try and bring the feelings and the, the emotion into something. But no one else you know, like, is digging that thing. So it's a bit like, oh, shit. Let me, let, let me see if Dan wants to talk about this shit. No, I appreciate it. It was good to do. Like I said, when, when that day had happened and I made my joke, there was one dude who knew who X was on that call because everybody else was about five to 15 years older than me. And that one dude said, told me later, he's like, that was my first rap album. I was like, shit, you're young. <laughs> I mean, uh, good on you. <laughs> it was a good start. But damn, that was your first? <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to think, like, what the fuck was my first? I mean, I know I had, I remember being, I remember, I mean, like, I remember listening, but the first time I'm like buying stuff, but I remember listening, honestly, going back to go to LL and Mama said, knock you out because it was after Bigger and Deffer, which didn't really do much for anybody. I remember somebody, I was in gym, in the gym at high school, it was like ninth grade, mm. and somebody had a Walkman cassette and they, gave me their headphones and played it for me. I was like, oh shit. Like, okay. Like he's back. But also at the same, so that was he I forget what exactly it was. But then you also have I didn't buy them because I wasn't gonna have my parents find like the ghetto, like I said, the ghetto boys albums, the NWA, like that shit was like what the hell is this? Again, tell me those stories. Like do I know those stories? Did I live those stories? No. Do I want to hear those stories? Absolutely. Do I want to understand those stories? Absolutely. Does everything that was said 25 years ago, the same shit that's going on right now. And it's not a surprise to anybody that listened to that shit (laughs) or heard those stories Mm. or listened to, you know, black America in 1980s and nineties or even the seventies. But people thought it was a fabrication. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, people thought it was a parody. They thought it was made up. You know what I mean? But it's just like, yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> no. it, it wasn't. <laughs> because you got that going hand in hand with like New Jack City. Like, <laughs> which again, another good album. But like, you got that going. But you know, if you have, you know, you have Boys in the Hood, and if you turn that and Juice and like all those things that really are a reflection, but they become too shiny. They're not even shiny movies, but they become, they just become fictional they become overly fictional and they don't, again, like you said, it's, it's a fabrication. And well, well I don't yeah. think a lot of that was like, or at least the ideas worked and the, that was what was important. Cause it, I think they came out at a time when it was, I mean, people viewed cinema differently, right? So now we got like, there's all these indie films and these slice of life films and things like right. that. But back then it was like, Oh no, a film is a made up thing. It's not reality. Right. So the, these films come out and it's like, I would have good, but obviously it's not real, real, right? Right. Well, you even look at like, even on the, in, you know, from, when a, from white America, you look at Kevin Smith's Clerks. Yeah. Like that's a film about two dudes mostly talking. You get into the Star Wars conversations, like, but that was actually how some people are like, oh, it's so it's nobody talks that way. Nobody yes. uses that much cursing. I'm like, who are you friends with? I don't want to know them. Like, <laughs> like, no, like that's that's a version of America. There's, a, you know, expect, you know, there's all these different pockets and everybody's got a different. Everyone's, you know, from an American point of view, everybody's got a different America. 
Yeah, no, and you've got to you've got to listen to each person's and understand it and make you know acceptance is a different thing, but <laughs> but you got to at least know that there's different versions out there. Yeah, for someone that's bad at analogies, that was great, right? Because that's I mean that's the, <laughs> that was but but clerks is the perfect flip, kind of to your menace. Right. right to your boys in the hood it is that it is that thing where everyone's just like yeah no one talks like that like that's not real but it is yeah <laughs> so it's, it's these two kind of completely counterpoints that are, people are just like Ugh. and now everyone's like oh yeah that's that's it <laughs> you know what I mean? which is crazy yeah so <laughs> no it's yeah i mean not it was no this this was a lot of fun because it's it is it's i'm not in a place with peers that I was 25 years ago so I don't have people to chat it up about you know stuff that we live through versus it just being something that happened 25 years ago I mean yeah. we, you know like I said I was 21 22 when these albums came out you know I was post-college so it was it was a really interesting piece I could like I can place each album with that specific event like I mentioned at the beginning mm-hmm. like I can put this, you know, that's the thing for me with music. Like, I don't have a great memory. I can't, I can't like actually pop lyrics like off the top of my head at all. No, no. But yeah. I can visualize exactly where I was when I did this with this album or this song. And like, I can, I can connect the, 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 the imagery of where I was or a person I was talking to or something that had to do with that in an album or a song, yeah. you know, usually a whole album, especially between like 90 and 2005 um you can really place those things and and what was you know was anybody out there jamming like for me at the places i was going no it was mostly like back that ass up not (laughs) 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 even though i was just in like i was just i was in you know i was just south of philly where we on rough riders are doing all those the motorcycle videos where they're like that's where all that shit was going on but no okay i i that's fine like you know nobody was nobody was banging the to um x when i was there but yeah like we said it just kept coming it kept coming and then it got that grip on you know almost a commercial grip even the stuff that was from some of those albums and you just kind of hear it and that's i mean that's again that's the beauty of music is it just it doesn't it's not going to go away there's always going to be it'll be interesting to see it'd be amazing to see and like you know what does survive like what does continue and we have so much now versus 200 years ago. You know, we have recordings of it and all that stuff. Like, how yeah. does this go forward? You know, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see what what both the legacy of these albums or any of the stuff we talked about between the Wu and Jay-Z and, and, and uh, LL. Um, you know, there's legacies there throughout. And I know we've had Netflix and this stuff do all these, really do a lot of these documentaries or going through and, and walking through and kind of revisiting the 70s and 80s but I think you know we're not too far from people uh wanting to revisit a lot of what the 90s was no definitely definitely and, and it speaks volumes that you can still look back at those those albums and have those fond memories yeah right because there's some albums you look back at and you'll be like yeah, that came out. <laughs> yeah, I, I spent sixteen ninety nine on this for one song. 
<laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of those albums uh, that that came out. Remember Rampage's first album? Yep. <laughs> hey. I think Flipmobile the Squad was the one track. That was it. Yeah. I mean, that was I mean that was most of Flipmode, right? That was you know. But you know, but we still that's what I said though, you still got busted, you know that voice right away. Leaders of the new school was amazing. Right. Yep. Like so his it's just it, it goes back don't have a, don't have a crew or don't have a crew that wants to do what you do <laughs> or, or can't match you nah. right because iron sharpens iron that's the thing so right right if if you're iron and they're i don't know perspex it's like shit ain't gonna work you know what i mean yeah ain't gonna work but <laughs> yeah I, I look forward to seeing, you know, that that classic doc that really paints that picture of, of these moments in time because there's still, yeah, it's still stuff that, you know what I mean? I, I, I can look back at and be like, oh shit, I was, yo, that's where I was when that came. Yeah. I remember, yo, I was, yeah, I was transitioning careers at that point i was like trying to work out who the fuck i was i was an angry motherfucker when that <laughs> first album came I, I, I know a few of those albums yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah and like or even like you said that for you know 36 chambers like i remember i went out at lunch because i got for some reason we were allowed to leave high school for lunch if our senior year huh. and I, I think that's what it must have been and i remember went to the record store and I bought the cassette and I came back and I brought it in. I don't know. I don't remember why I brought the cassette in, probably to be that guy to show it off. No one knew what the fuck it was. They're like, what is this? What are we looking at? Who are these people? It was like the first week they were out. Like nobody knew. And this was also, I was in North Florida at the time. There was nothing. They had no concept of like east coast northeast you know the, the new york rap which at least when i was in maryland like we got a ton of um and then i finished my last couple of years in florida and they just didn't understand even what they were looking at let alone what the music of that album is was <laughs> like i think people still don't understand that album i think you can still <laughs> sit and listen and you're gonna have 10 different people tell you that 10 different things about what the hell they're talking about but it was a sonic bomb um on the, on the landscape so like yeah like i can exactly those those there's that and i know some of these shows have touched on the 90s like started to creep in because i've seen a couple things particularly like about the woo um but they're not it like they're not they're not hitting it yet they, yes and when you have something like the woo when you have you know nine or you know nine to 15 guys you could really bring into that that becomes its own thing and i know they try to do a biopic of it but screw that give me a real documentary mm -hmm. um like and you can but you could do that for so many people of at least even if it's just like a good series on that like oh yeah you know spending it doesn't have to be two hours each you could do 45 minutes to an hour yeah let, let's see the birth of rockefeller the you know yeah. the, the growth of rough riders you know what i mean like bad boy at the very beginning Right. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> it would be a trip to see No Limit. The oh, you didn't, yeah. didn't go for as long as I thought No Limit went for. 
I remember a, a month or so ago for some, I forget why I was looking into all of that. And I thought it was like a few decades. It was like seven years or something right. insane. They just put and, out an album a week. Yeah, was like, <laughs> Wait, it wasn't that long. What? So it'd be fascinating to see all of that. But yeah, because yeah. like, yeah, like I saw, I forget whether we were watching the Grammys and like they said that Andre Harrell had died. And I was like, holy shit. And my wife's like, who's that? I'm like, we need a document. Like, just give me like a half hour on it. Like, like let's let's make one of those shows that captures the imagination of people to just mm. sit and listen. Like, I'm like, he was Uptown fucking records. Like before, Mo, before he was on Motown for a couple of years, he was Uptown. He was Uptown. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, he's partly to blame for Puffy, but you know, whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, but every, everyone but he also gave us Mary J. Blige. So, I mean. <laughs> he created a lot. Yeah. Uh, and I just didn't realize he died like, or, like or middle of last year. Yeah. Like, I can't uh, remember if I maybe knew or I just forgot, but I can't remember. Yeah, like, so, so much is just like, oh, yeah. So, like, for me, it was just like, oh, okay. Like, and that's where I like, I'd love, yeah, I'd love a good one, something that just knocks them out. You make them the length the right length, right? But you have, you get that footage, you get the music in there, you get a couple people to tell you the stories. It doesn't all need to be the last dance. You don't need a cast of thousands. You just like give you a couple people that are good storytellers that were there. You know, I think that's. I think people are ready for that. I mean, I know that's what a lot of podcasting does, but give us those visuals. We need those visuals. I mean, those, yes. the videos were grimy. The interviews were amazing at times, like with some of these yeah. folks, like give me that ODB talking, going and getting oh. his welfare check. Like Ooh. show us that, remember, remind us of that nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, all that stuff would be just that. I think that's where, like my enthusiasm for all this comes from is is it's yeah yeah we're 25 years removed man it's we're getting old <laughs> it's crazy man it's crazy <laughs> but at least we had that shit yeah we did we did and it wasn't whatever the hell's going on right now that's sometimes <laughs> a little much to take in <laughs> Ooh. Or just really just it just all sounds too similar. Like it's there's no you don't have the distinctive voices. No, because they slip, they've fallen and they can't get up. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Right, man. I appreciate it. Awesome, man. Thank you, man. I, I, yeah, yeah, I appreciate you jumping on. And this has been a fun ass conversation. For sure. We should, yeah. Let's not wait till somebody else dies. Maybe we do it again for some other reason, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all right, man. Have a good cool. night. I'll, uh, too, I'll catch man. up with you, man. You okay, people. So, as we draw to an end of a very fun episode... Let's take a look and see what's happening in the world of TV. So, um, Amy Schumer has got a um a new TV show, right? So this is um straight to series at Hulu. It's called Life and Beth, and uh, it follows a woman 
who, um, yeah, something happens to her and she's forced to engage with her past, right? So, um, do by doing this, it changes her forever. And she starts to learn who she is and who she wants to become. So, um, Schumer has um, written it. She's executive producing, directing, and also starring in it, along with Michael Sarah. Um, he is playing a farmer and a chef who's honest and always speaks his truth. Right, is ten episodes. So, um, yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. Right, so um I mean this is a good cast, right? Woody Harrelson, John Goodman, Pete Davidson, and Tina. Tina? Tiffany Haddish. Right? So um yeah, they are lending their voices to a new animated series. It's ten episodes and it's called The Freak Brothers. So, um, this is executive produced by Mark Canton and Courtney Solman, right? And the show is set in 1969, right? We're in San Francisco, where three hippies and their cat, searching for an altered state of bliss, end up in the year 2020, a world of Fourth wave feminism, extreme gentrification, legal cannabis, and intense political correctness. Hmm. We'll see what happens with that. Okay, so, um, yeah, the season two of The Russian Doll has just started production. And, uh, short. Oh, how you say it? Charlotte Copley, you know, from District 9, that short-lived Powers TV series, well, he's joined the cast, along with other new cast members, Annie Murphy and Carolyn Michelle Smith, right, so, um, yeah, no word on uh, what Shopley's role will be in the new series, but, uh, yeah, I'm guessing we will find out later on in the year. So that's Netflix, obviously, and two other shows coming to Netflix. So, uh, yeah, we've got a new limited series called From Scratch, right, which is based on the, the memoir of Tembi Locke, right? So, um... This one is uh, it's starring uh, Zoe Salandana, Salandana, right? Eugenio Masteridria, Daniel Deadwheeler, Keith David, Kelita Smith, Judith Scott, Lucia Sardo. And Parida Benassi and Roberta Regina, right? And it's following um, an African American woman who falls in love with a Sicilian chef 
while studying abroad in Florence and building a life with him in Los Angeles, merging two seamlessly, seemingly opposite cultures. And also, this is a bit of a, uh, a coup. So, um, you know, there was the, the, the new adaptation of the 39 Steps, which is currently being um, filmed. I think, maybe, I forget. But it's starring Benedict Cumberbunch, right? You know, it's a, a classic John um, Buckham novel. Which I think is part of a trilogy of books Something like that, right? Um, so it's getting written by Mark L. Smith um, With Edward Berger directing And um, Netflix have just picked it up So, um, yeah I, I wonder if it's a success They'll adapt the um, other stories in the series Hmm... We will have to see, right? I, I'd imagine they would, right? Because that's just money. Uh, now, some another old thing that's being, you know, adapted is um, Arlington Road. Yeah, that's right, people. Arlington Road, right? It's a 1999 film And Paramount Plus have thought You know what Let us turn this into a TV series So they've uh, tapped Seth Fisher to write it um, It's going to be through CBS Studios right? uh, We've got Mark Pellington He's going to be um, directing and executive producing along with Fisher. So, um, yeah, interesting. It's odd, but hey-ho. Now, another something that is, you know, we've seen a film of it already, and it is coming as a TV show, is um, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Yeah, remember, um, you know, Clooney, he directed, I think it was his directorial debut, maybe I'm wrong, right, but that was, whew, way back, 2002, Sam Rock, Rockwell killed it, I remember he's the lead, you know, he played, um, uh, he played Chuck Barris, right, who's, um, you know, the memoir is about Right, so um, Yeah, this is coming to Apple Right, it's going to be a TV series And um, Justin Timberlake Is uh, going to be Starring as Chuck Barris So the, the whole thing Is, right, Chuck Barris He, um he was the host of the Gong Show, right? And um, he he claimed that the the hosting job was a front for him being a CIA assassin. <laughs> yes. So um, I don't know. It could be interesting, right? 
the film was um the film was interesting so uh, yeah we'll see what happens david hollander is um he's gonna be executive producing and show running while john warley writes the script mm-hmm. now this sounds very interesting right so um it's a new series coming to Showtime. It's an anthology. It's going to be called Cinema Toast. Which, yeah, you're like, what the fuck is Cinema Toast? What's that? People eating toast in a cinema? I mean, that's that's definitely not something that you want. Imagine people munching on toast while you're trying to watch a film. Be irritating, right? But um, anyway, it's not that. Don't worry, people. What they're doing... They're taking old footage and then adapting it with new stories. Yeah. So, you know, they get, they bring in a host of new stars and they're going to be um, voicing, yeah, these new stories over old footage and imagery, which is intriguing, right? It's definitely intriguing. So this is from Jeff Bina, right? And um, the Duplass brothers. Now, when I see the Duplass brothers attached, that, that kind of reassures me, right? Because, hey, they seem to be able to turn their hand to um, most things. But so bringing their voices to this are people such as Alison Bree, Nick Offerman, Fred Amerson, John, uh, uh, Christina Ritchie, Chloe Finneman, Chris Maloney, Megan Mullally, right? Um, yeah, also, um, you know, we've got a, a host of directors, so Jay Duplass and Bina will direct, along with Alex Ross. Perry, Mel Eslin, Marta Cunningham, Aubrey Plaza, uh, Jordan Firstman, Chris Ray, David Lowry. So yeah, it's a very interesting kind of thing. Just for a, a, a kind of an idea, right? Um, they will be like Aubrey Plaza's episode. It's called Quiet Illness, and it uses footage of Loretta Young to create a psychological thriller about an emotionally tortured modern woman. So, yeah, could re- be very interesting. Now, something that is interesting, right? Take Agatha Christie and Lou Hor- Hugh Laurie. That sounds like a perfect match, right? Sounds like a perfect match, but it's not the match that you think it might be. Because Laurie won't be playing, you know, an Hercule Poirot or anything like that. No, 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 no. He is writing and directing and executive producing a limited three-part series of one of Christie's books. And the other interesting thing... This is one of her standalone books, right? This is a non-Poro Marple book. Uh, so this one is Why Didn't They Ask Evans? 
Mm-hmm. So the story is, right? Um, Bobby Jones and his friend Lady Frances de Went discover a dying man while hunting for a golf ball. Right. So, um, yeah, they decide to turn into amateur detectives and try and work out who the man is and what happened to him, right? Because all they know, the man has got a picture of a beautiful young woman in his pocket and in his dying breath, he says, why didn't they ask Evans? Uh Intriguing, intriguing people. And um, finally, you know, so there was all the big news last week, right? So um, the print, the Duke of Essex, Duke of Essex, I want to say that he left Bridgerton, but you know, it, we had a host of new people joining season two. So yes, that seemed to appease a lot of people. There is now more news while it comes to Bridgerton because they have just been given a um, season three and a season four order. Yeah, yeah. So that's some um, interesting, right? So um, you know, the 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 like season two follows. The book, The Viscount Who Loved Me, right? Um, and yeah, each other book onwards takes one of the Bridgerton siblings and follows their quest for love, right? So, um, yeah, it means that, yeah, people, the fans of the Bridgerton clan. Will be able to see what happens with them, and um, you know if they find it happy ever after. That is, if you haven't read the books and already know. But people, that is us. We are done, um, and we will be back next week to our regular uh, situation. You know what I mean? But um, gotta thank. Dan for uh, jumping in and talking DMX. Man, it was a lot of fun. We will, um, yeah, we might do some more odd, crazy shit like this again. So um, until next week, people, peace. Stop